You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. Welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman. But I'm not really the host. We all know why you're here. You're here to see the CEO, proprietor, art director, lead therapist, head of HR, head of payroll, lead QA, productioneer, at least Bacon Bacon Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. I'm here. My voice is continuing to deepen, which has been kind of funny. Um, uh, the funnier part I've realized about like taking a Saturn and my voice deepening um, has I'm like, first off, I'm like really bad at tone anyway, like in recognizing my own tone, like it's just not capable of controlling my tone or recognizing when my tone is doing things completely not what I intend to. So there'd be times when I'm like, oh, that was really bitchy and that was way the opposite of my intent. Um, it's gotten worse with like my voice changing and cracking and it's been really funny. I do not hear uh, your voice cracking nearly as much as you say. Uh, that's because I did a lot of singing for a long time so like i do stuff to minimize the cracking oh you got the radio voice on i hear you okay i mean well like i mean it's not even just radio voice like um i just like i i take care of my vocal cords when they're stressed out and they have been very stressed out lately because apparently when your voice changes your vocal cords are like what the fuck (laughs) i'm in my 30s and we're doing what now? Excuse me. Um, so I found like a lot of a lot of vocal cord exercises and just like uh, so, like care, just like care techniques that have been really helping to minimize the cracking. And um, if I'm going to be talking for a long period of time, I try to not talk for a bit as well. Just kind of. Give things a rest. But also with us here of his own volition. For the record, congratulations on your new job as the official choir director of Unreasonable Fridays. Congratulations on these bacon good work. Wait, we have a choir? Yes, we do. Um, Anyway, introduce our co-host. Here of his completely own volition um, is Justin. I am here of my own volition to talk about the games and the game space and And, the tech space. And probably One Piece because where there is Justin, there is One Piece references. You know, I've actually, on this program, I have backed off of the One Piece references. Um, But now that you brought it up. You live One Piece references. There is no reason why you should do that. There is no reason why you should pump the brakes on One Piece references. Well, you know, it, it's it's more like I haven't really found a, a way to, like, fit it in. You know, you uh, fit it in. You go, listen up, Nick. <laughs> We're going to talk about fucking wall One Piece right now. Okay, uh, so actually, R. you brought up the hard R. One Piece actually just introduced their hard R character. <laughs> like, the character that would definitely say the hard R. And he's a cop. So once again, 
goofy pirate manga, Oda is telling you cops are racist. Like that that is I, I don't anyways. Like there, there's that meme floating around where it's like you can learn a lot of things from anime. It's uh it's got My Hero Academia, you should always give a hundred percent. It's got a high teamwork. It's got um oh what was the other one? I think it was Promised Neverland. Never give up. And then for One Piece, the billionaire class, is the, the world's largest military is nothing more than the enforcement mechanism of the billionaire class to keep you all oppressed. And they will, and they will propagate their propaganda using the media. And the only way to fight them is to band together in a working class revolution. And I'm like, unironically, that is the plot of One Piece. Like, unironically, that's, <laughs> that is the plot of One Piece. The bad guys are literal billionaires. The Navy is their army, and they oppress the entire world who only exists to, f- to feed them taxes. And it's like, oh, like, it, Oda's not even being subtle. This is, like, it's literally just leftist propaganda. It happens to be leftist propaganda I agree with. But, you know. I'm just glad you have another person you can regularly talk to One Piece about. Yes. I mean, where is this person so we can have them on the show to talk One Piece with Justin? (laughs) They're um, uh, one of our, uh, a friend we met through Final Fantasy. Awesome. If they they can keep it together to be on the radio, we can have a One Piece (laughs) episode. It's perfectly fine. I feel like it's important that we center every host's unique interests as much as possible and have hyper-focus it for at least one or two episodes every few months so that we can get understood. We can make it clear. That you know, you like One Piece, but you know One Piece. It's uh, It's been really funny to watch because they're both updated and they both like keep track of like when the new stuff is going to be dropping and watch the Twitter accounts. And it's just, I'm, I'm glad Justin has a person to talk to about One Piece with. <laughs> it's been amazing and like at this point because we just wrapped up the the current saga the current arc which has been four years this arc lasted longer than the trump presidency um for for reference most manga the average shelf life of manga is like three years so this has lasted longer than possibly your favorite show but yeah, no, it's an exciting time. And like week after week, it's been, hey, spoilers are out. Uh, guys, stay off the internet. It's one of those. And we're like, oh, oh, okay then. We're getting serious now. We're in the end game. We're, we're, we're finally in the end game. All right. So we got to get this person on the show, just for the record. Just to make that clear, we're going to have a One Piece, a One Piece spectacular. Um, but we'll talk so much about One Piece that we'll probably be flagged for some type of copyright infringement, which is the which is the seal of approval. We did it right. We should definitely do that. Um, let's do this housekeeping now before we dive into talking. We have a Patreon. Um, it is for the betterment of betterment betterment of our podcasts it is so bacon can eat um it is so Jella, who we haven't heard from in a while can also eat as it as necessary and um 
it is uh, patreon.com uh, backslash on Fridays. Uh, it's patreon.com backslash on Fridays. You can donate anything from $1 to um, $3,000, in which case I will officiate your wedding and I will help you um, usher you into a lifetime of love and happiness in union with the person you want to spend the rest of your life on this planet with. So some terms and conditions do apply. Um, it will be the most entertaining shit show possible. Um, the wider the couple, the bigger the shit show, but also the larger possibility for entertainment. So if you want to make a lifelong pact with your white partner to <laughs> mind your business for the rest of your lives together and to use your union to help push each other to minding your business better each day and to stay out of my black ass business for the rest of your life in union um, forever to hold each other's business and point it at each other at all times forever and always then yes three thousand dollars i can help you um I can help you um, do that thing with the love of your life. Eternal ties of minding your own business. Ushered in by me, Aaron Renfrey. How was that, Bacon? That sound? That, that was beautiful. Does that that was sound beautiful. reasonable? Thank you. That sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. It is perfect. It's important. Critically important that um, folks, you know, base their marriage on communication, trust, and minding your own business where applicable. But again, that's for another day. All right, we've got things. I've got a notepad here. It says, there are too many games out. We are being deluged and attacked. Um, all we can do is chronicle our lives before we are eventually buried alive by our backlogs, even for people who um, try to not keep a backlog like Bacon, having a backlog, we've reached the um, critical mass point of games being out, where Bacon has a backlog, and now Bacon cannot buy any more games, but the games don't care. <laughs> the games don't care! It's game, so bad, the... I literally don't have time. Yes, the games I am un I am unemployed, and I... Still do not have time. Yes, the games walk in one side of the river and just walk out the other side of the river, emotionless, Wait. continuing their way towards you. Ah. I know. I mean, you almost had it. You had a plan to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay, uh, so I'm using like this new service that makes it easier for people to safely help me get some stuff. Um, it's called Throne. It's actually, it's been working really well. Um, but I found that their ordering system gets really confused with pre-orders. And so after not getting my pre-order that I was supposed to get, that a friend got for me for my birthday, because it was my birthday game, um, uh, they then like sent me the money to get said game. And I should have waited until I was like more in my right mind. Um, but I did not. And I bought the wrong edition of Xenoblade Chronicles. I bought the 
the Xenoblade Chronicles 1, the definitive edition, not Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is, just came out. So I've been crying over my lack of Xenoblade. <laughs> yes, you had a plan to play it during downtime in Final Fantasy. You were going to fit in perfectly. How long were you, like a month or so you weren't playing Final it Fantasy? Was, it was like a month, a month and a half of downtime. And that's I was going to play all Xenoblade Chronicles 3 during that and stream it and... Uh, I didn't get my game like I didn't even get the money for the game for like a good month and then I fucked up <laughs> the second part of it um, so I was nice. very very sad about that and I missed my Xenoblade Chronicles window but I did play uh, Hard, uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker which I believe is now on the Xbox it was it was through Game Pass but it just wasn't on Game Pass Xbox yet was just on pc um so i was playing i'd been playing that to get through and then uh kit fox games the creators of boyfriend dungeon uh did had released an update for boyfriend dungeon which i've been playing um and i just started my game all over again because i just wanted to see like how the new content fit in with the uh previous content Right. Um, cause it's just like, there's, there's like three new weapons and there's only one new dungeon. So I was just like, I would rather space out the new characters as I can, like within the content, instead of just like unlocking the dungeon and then grinding out the three new characters. Right. Um, and so I, I'm actually like, I actually feel good that I started like the game over. Also, it's just a short game. Uh, feel good about making that decision and um the new content fits in really well like my because like one of the complaints i had was like the game feels too short and i don't and i'm not a person who is bothered by game length like stray was eight hours like max and i found that game to be the perfect length like i do like short games it's just the pacing on this one it felt empty the game felt like it needed more stuff in it and so having these three weapons and that dungeon actually rounded out that experience really well. I hope for future content that it's not, it's not something, I, I hope for future content, it's more, um, they tack onto the end of the story and not have it so that you can um, do it while the story is active. Because as the way it is, like, I feel like there's, I feel like if they added new content and like made it available before the story ends, it would be too much. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Right. Cause like, like that the story itself is pretty short. So I feel like if you shove too much into what is a clearly short time frame of a story, it, the pacing would just get really, really bizarre. Um, so I hope that future content, they tack on stuff after. Hmm. Um, um, but it feels really good right now. And they added character interactions so like you'll just be walking and then you'll see like two characters interacting with each other on the on the map right and you go and they're like having a full conversation you get to see like oh they they know each other and they're like really good friends or they're just like helping them out or they're just like why are you the way you are <laughs> <laughs> There's been a couple of scenes where it's just like between characters, you can tell they're not close, but they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
<laughs> and so it's it's added a lot to the story that's been I, I found really enjoyable and really fun. It 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 definitely did a good job of fleshing out what was missing. It was also free, so I was like, "Thank you, more content that's free at least." <laughs> All right. And then uh, the whole savage, the whole like new patch with new savage tier and content in Final Fantasy fourteen happened, and I'm crying. Because mm. Splatoon three just dropped. Right. So like yeah. two days ago. Is yes. it two days? Is it three days? A week? I do not know. I know Platoon. Uh, Splatoon. No, it's been maybe a little over a week. Because I know. Um, I know noted activist, speaker, um, public commentator, uh, Jeffrey, by um, mentioning it last week, and then we just kind of put the. We kind of did the thing. So we got it. You got it. Like yesterday. Yes, I got it, and I did my first, like, Splatoon drawing. Now I need to get a special pen that I can draw my Nintendo Switch with. Like a stylus? Yeah. Switch is a stylus? You can get a styluses that work on the Switch, yeah. Okay, shoot. And there's actually, there's actually a Nintendo Switch, I think, branded, like, one that's going to be releasing soon. Or one that's going to be specifically for the... Like, I don't know if it's also Nintendo branded, but it's, like, specifically made for the Nintendo Switch that's releasing soon. Because, like, of course, with Splatoon 3. Why? Why would they not? Um, but, yeah, that is uh, what I am hoping for. Right. Um, that's too many games at once. I'm crying. I'm sorry. I, um, and, and I will inevitably need you to play Steel Rising as the Dark Souls person player of the group you'll have to play um steel rising um you're on the you're on the hook um that is what i've been playing uh it is i realize how much i like aftermarket souls games um i don't care for dark souls one two three i uh Elden Ring is very good, though. Elden Ring is very good. Still don't care for it. Still feels like Dark Souls. My character's got stiff hips. <laughs> I feel too plain. I know I gotta play more, but man. You also need to play a different class. I well, not. I think you need to be specked out for a different class for a different like weapon build. Well, what I mean is, and this is the thing: if you ever play Steel Rising, your character has the most interesting presence on the screen. Where um, she has a very good walk. It's not a Destiny's Child walk, but it's the walk of someone who could punch through a wall and pull you out the other side of it. But is also like a dancing marionette, and it's just like her. The character you play is a a um, a essentially a automaton. You're in um, I think like uh, French Revolution France, and uh, is it King? Which is King Henry, right? Was it King Henry? I don't know. Uh, instead of, um, you know, the working class um, making a statement, he unleashes robots <laughs> and kills everyone. And um, you are a robot guardian for the queen. And uh, she sends you to figure out what the fuck is going on. And your character has this incredible presence in a very well-realized world. And it's kind of what I mean. is It's just kind of... It is Louis the uh, Louis the Sixteenth. Louis the Sixteenth. Yes, he uh, he sent robots <laughs> in this alternate universe um, French Revolution. He he sent robots and they descended on all of us and killed everyone. 
Um, you would. You would. So uh, you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, playing as a um, strangely sentient robot that can talk, record information, uh, uh, respond, gets progressively more human the more you play, and um, trying to forget, find that mystery. But the presence you have, and I think this is the most notable thing for me, I realize is I kind of, when I say I don't like how plain you are when I play a Souls game, is like you kind of feel like... You, like I said, again, I would have to put it in more time. But when I start playing it, I always feel like the same bland character from Dark Souls, and I don't like it. And I just don't feel like I have any business there. <laughs> and it always bugs me out when I'm over, when I'm supposed to be kind of like, it just doesn't, it takes me out of it, always has. And it's just playing as a character that has such a strong presence on the screen the whole time, where it's like, you kind of get behind it. You kind of get the behind the character when you play that. Same reason why I like Sekiro. I, um, and, um, even like Mortal Shell is like your character kind of had more of a presence on the screen. It may, you kind of start to, you kind of like are in this together with your character and their presence on the screen, even if you're not relating to the character one to one. And, uh, also doesn't help. You can't make any black people in Dark Souls, but it's neither here nor there. The, um, and that achievement right there is my favorite bit of the game. Where it's not just the world building, but the heft and presence of the world and your character's place in it. It's very clear that the robots would fuck everybody up. Like, all the humans are dead because these robots, they can't do anything. Like, they have muskets. They just ain't got it. I, however, can hit much harder than these robots. And I just give them the, fi- I just give them the hands real hard and just disable them. Just beating, just I just disable them with my hands, and it's just, it's absolutely superb. I just enjoy, I enjoy playing the game. It's one of those games where if you look at a lot of reviews, they'll talk about the game not having uh, a lot of actual, like, tangible story, but it has such an incredible visual story that I always find it strange that people are kind of missing it. Like, there's not a lot of words read to you, but you literally walk from outside of Paris to the center of Paris. <laughs> And to figure out what's going on. And you take the whole journey on foot and you find out exactly what happened in great detail by literally walking through it yourself. And it's, um, it's, it's, I find a lot of people don't respond or understand ambient storytelling. Um, uh, it comes to, it's a certain thing where I, it's kind of when we always say, don't play games when you're stressed out, don't play games you don't want to play, don't go, don't force yourself to play anything. Because I think when you put yourself under the gun to play a game, when you start to narrow your vision, you miss what's to the sides, you miss the periphery of what you're, of what you're playing. And this is definitely an example of it. Like I said, reviews kind of undercut the, undermine the fact that there is an incredible visual tale being told about your journey all the way to essentially the end of the French Revolution via robot apocalypse. <laughs> this is a wild sentence, and you walk every step of it. And it's um just sh- very, very well done. Um, I would say um, we're going to, we're going, you're going to play it. We're going to aim for Black Friday. It's a Black Friday special when Black Friday comes for all your games, and they're $20 or $24, $25. Absolutely. As many people should get it as possible. And it's a developing story. I'm about halfway through and i will finish talking about it when i'm all the way through um also you can make your character black and um you can make your marionette black and your character just is better as a black as a black marionette 
talking increasingly sassy to French elite as their world collapses around them. It just hits better. It's one of those accidentally topical things that developers sometimes do with no intention of doing so. Um, But again, we'll talk more about that later. Um, We do have, I think, Justin, what have you been playing? What have, what, what have, what, what, what's going on? Well, I can tell you what I haven't played and this is my, my confession. I'm confessing this to all of you out there listening this is one of my most intimate secrets and i'm sharing it with the world now i have not played a zelda game since a link to the past and i saw that the nintendo direct they announced breath of the wild 2 tears of the crown and i was like oh i guess i should play breath of the wild shouldn't i i've never i've i've never Ocarina of Time didn't play. Wind Waker didn't play. Majora's Mask didn't play. Tears of the Kingdom. I just, I just missed out on it. It's Tears of the Kingdom, but please continue. Tears of the Kingdom, sorry. I, I knew it was something royalty related because the joke is that's why they didn't air it in the UK because... <laughs> and I know that's not the real reason, but jokes greater than facts. <laughs> The, the the kingdom has their own issues like football stadiums full of people chanting that their dead regent is in a box um that that was wild to witness happen at several stadiums but yeah so i am going to i am going to play breath of the wild now that i am out of crafting hell crafting all of the gear for our fc uh what it takes some me time, you know? Uh, I dipped my toe into Savage last year, and I was like, okay, this is definitely something I can do. I am capable of doing it. I just don't feel like dedicating the time to it. And that's okay. I, I've acknowledged that. I'm like, it's not a skill issue, because I can clearly, I can clear the tier. I just don't feel like dedicating that much time to it. I'd rather just pop in for like an hour or so, and then pop out. And you can't do Savage that way. So... Yeah, a, you can. I mean, you can. You can just. You can do savage casually if you want. Um, but clearing clearing the tier casually harder. But you can do savage casually. But it also, like you said, you, you don't want to, and that's great. Yeah, like I, I, I am happier that my my goal for this patch or not patch for this expansion, I want the ex mount before the expansion ends and I can do that even if it takes what it's five mounts no it's seven mounts seven times 99 whatever if it takes that many then that's what it takes damn it uh you won't have to do 99 on half of them because uh ex3 and ex4 are two totems for the mount? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. For clear. You get two totems for clear, so it's only it's like 50. Praise Yoshi. Yes. Um, I will be well, I'll just be running X4 like forever, uh, because I also really want the uh 
when I want I want as much of that material when those weapons glow as possible. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I also want and I also want the like the end singer one, but like I'm not. I'm just gonna go as long as it takes for me to get them out on that one because that one hits all of my disability issues. I just yeah, need—I just need to be carried through that one. I'm—I'm I'm just like, just please carry me. Let me just stand on you. It's fine. I mean, for EXP, that's literally all you have to. Aside from like two mechanics, you can just stand on someone and you're fine. Like, let me just stand on you. It's cool. I can, although like EX four, I can do. I can do my sleep. I fucking love that fight. That fight is so good. I love it. it not not saying that it it isn't difficult. It just hits the way my brain works perfectly. Super good. And some fights are going to do that. Um, also, too many games. Stellaris, the new expansion is coming out. They're releasing no! new species. Yes. <laughs> uh, the toxins, which are literally a species that has been raised on toxic planets and they're allowing you to inhabit toxic planets now so that's really that's going to be very interesting no give me the toxic planets and so the, I, i'm i'm very intrigued i'm very interested I'm, I'm excited to see where my breath of the wild journey takes me i haven't started yet but when i do i will let everybody know you know, this uh, Stellaris is the entire reason I want a Steam Deck. Interesting. The entire reason, because uh, Stellaris is such a long game. And um, I just, because of how much I have, I sit on my computer for Final Fantasy fourteen. I try to find other games that I can play not at my computer. And uh, the Steam Deck is literally why I want Stellaris because Stellaris is would be a very good travel game for me. Yeah. Um, and a very good like I'm just gonna lay in bed and uh, lose myself in the one more turn trap. See, that's that's why I don't need a Steam Deck because I would take Stellaris to bed, and then it's six o'clock and I'm like I need to be up now. Where has the night gone? Luckily, when I'm in bed, when it hits that point, I'll just, I'll just fall asleep. I'll just yeah. be like, and good night. And then I'll wake up to, uh, to, uh, you know, text on my screen being like, you have found this. Like, here's the amoebas. Bubbles. Oh, bubbles. Oh, oh. bubbles. So good. You okay? So, still are a story that would only interest Bacon and like a third of our audience. So I apologize. I'll keep brief. But the the last run I did, I actually I managed to unify the entire galaxy under my empire. We beat back the crisis, and I was like, "See this, and this is why you make me emperor. I will protect you." So I said, "Okay, I've already won. Let me see what happens next. Let, let's let the game go for another couple hundred years." They started rebelling, like organized sabotage, Why? like the plot of Star Wars. Oh no! I was like, I was like, what is happening? Why are my space stations suddenly exploding? Why are my planets revolting? What it? So even when the game, even when you have saved the galaxy from the Reapers, 
these ungrateful, ungrateful louts still want their democracy. I have a, I have a question about Solaris as someone who's never played Stellaris. Yes. Can you deploy Ozymandias' plan to um, ensure the consistent threat of danger to case people constantly focused on um, protecting themselves and away from self-sabotage? Yes, that's actually how I united the galaxy. So, <laughs> so I knew a threat was coming, and instead of stopping it ahead of time, I may have strengthened it a little bit. <laughs> so that when it showed up, everybody was like, oh my gosh, we need someone to save us. And I said, I will save you. And they gave, they handed over the keys to the Senate to me. We did the whole, this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. It was great. We all know the meme. And then I took it out. I'm like, cool, galaxy saved. And they're like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> did we just cough up all of our freedom in exchange for security? And I was like, yes, you did. But aren't you happy now? They, they were not happy. Ah, I see. So you started with the plan. Okay, cool. I was wondering whether you were going to evolve and kind of deploy the plan to uh, get everyone back in line, but that's how you got here in the first place. And, um, yeah. Right, so I, I guess in... There actually is another way to do it. Like, if I just create... Um, the No, that's that's still... That's not the Azimondas plan. That's still... Uh, the Palpatine plan. You can create like Death Stars and start destroying planets. Oh, God. To keep people in line. So I don't destroy the planets. I, my version of the Death Star just puts a shield around your planet and it cuts you off from the rest of the galactic community. You can watch, you can look outside of your fishbowl, but, but you can't leave your fishbowl. Let's see. It, it's a reminder, you see, of what happens when you defy the empire see this sounds bad but it's really not okay it is that bad okay so my favorite thing about solaris <laughs> right now is is listening to justin try to justify his decisions it's why i ask because the details because justin was like i unified the galaxy and then if you go that's good how <laughs> and that's always the best bit right there uh, yada yada <laughs> My my favorite is still listening to people justify their decisions for things in Stellaris, and it um makes me laugh. Oh no, I've just accepted. When it comes to Stellaris, I'm a fascist. Like, okay, fine, <laughs> fine. I've tr so the species I enjoy playing most is the fascist species. I do have the my democratic science kitties that end up turning everybody into synthetics, and we're all live oh, you mean your eugenic cyber. your eugenics believing democratic science kitties? No, okay, so they fixed the racket, so the racket are fine now. That's literally eugenics. No, I <laughs> meant the game fixed racket, so like they don't. Oh, okay. So I can like have them exist on my planets now. I don't have to remove all of their negative traits which is eugenics when you say it out loud <laughs> literally eugenics oh. <laughs> no 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 we don't go to we don't go to war with people though other people may decide to go to war with us for a variety of reasons that are totally have nothing to do with anything that I've done over here Their religion is literally capitalism. Like it's that's 
they're plants. I thought they were butterflies. Oh, yes. I forgot. They're capitalistic butterflies. But yes. Stellaris will take... It will amplify your worst, your worst inclinations. Or it'll just amplify your better inclinations. You can actually work with the galaxy and try to get things done. And then you feel like Shepard and Mass Effect are saying, hey, the Reapers are coming. And they're like, yeah, but we should bring back slavery. That's what did it for me. That's what did it. I actually had a playthrough. I was going through democratically. Everything was cool. Everybody got along. And I said, hey, this crisis is coming. We should address it. And they're like, yeah, or we could bring back slavery. And they voted to bring back slavery. Ah, uh, well, I didn't say your um, pathway to world domination was bad. It's just um, it's got levels to it, and the levels are always entertaining. Because if someone tried to bring back what what if slavery was back on the table, well, then we have to respond. That's a bad discussion that we're having. So you did the oh, right no. thing. What once they made that decision, and I said I will get. I'll give you a choice. I'll give you a chance, Galaxy. Because just because it's on the, just because we're voting on it, doesn't mean you have to agree. Because I had successfully banned slavery. They brought it back, and I said, "Cool." I went to every slaver's planet and put them in fish bowls, and suddenly the slavery problem went away. I mean, <laughs> you—they you, had a chance. They had a chance. But, yep, I'll be checking out Breath of the Wild. I will be dipping my toes back into 14, trying to get my all my EX mounts. Um, I have, yeah, I, I've actually decided I'm not going to get to do Dynasty Warriors. Like, I've been flipping on it for a while. I was like, eh, it's Empires. I always enjoy the Empire series. But I can't get past how 9 plays. I do not like how 9 plays, so I'm just not going to do it. I went back and played 8 and said, this feels amazing. Why would I ever okay. play Okay. Okay, I was wondering. Okay, because I have Dynasty Warriors Nine, and I was like, "This doesn't. This feels a little off." But I'm not a Dynasty Warriors person. And then I played the um, I forgot the name of the Hyrule Warriors. That was the one. Yes. And that felt so significantly better that I was because I was I didn't think that's why I never brought it up because I was like, obviously, I'm just not a person that plays Dynasty Warriors. I am a fool. I'm going to suck it up and get good. And uh, then I played Hyrule Warriors, and I was like, "Oh, I was right." And I just never got around to actually bringing that up to you. Okay, so there's something. Okay, so there's something wrong with Dynasty Warriors Nine. Okay. So yeah, when they when Nine was announced and they showed all the things they were doing for Nine, the community in unison, we all agreed. We're like, okay, Nine is either going to be like great or trash, no in between. However, because this is what Koei does, they ha they have an experimental phase. Because they did this with Dynasty Warriors 6. They experimented with 6. There were some things in 6 that were good. There were some things that weren't. But 6 gave a 7 and 8. And 7 and 8 are the best in the series. So we're like, 9 is either going to be like flames or trash. But if 9 is trash, 10 is going to be the greatest Dynasty Warriors ever made. So like you'll notice, like amongst the community, 9 sucks. Yeah. But no one's like, okay, this company doesn't know what they're doing. It's like, okay, they experimented. It didn't work. We already know 10 is going to be amazing. Oh, wow. That's such a mature take. Um, but it, that's what happened last time they experimented. It didn't work. And we said, okay. They, they, they took the things that did. 
So they probably like ten's not going to be open world. They're probably going to go back to unique weapons for everybody. They're going to find. They're going to leave behind current gen and just focus exclusively on next gen. Because that, if the pattern holds, that's what they'll do. And also, we know they can make good games because Hyrule Warriors, amazing game. Fire Emblem's Three Hopes, an amazing Dynasty Warriors game. Um, my only issue with Three Hopes is it feels like an incomplete game. Like hmm. the, the actual playing the game feels great. The story feels like they it feels like a chapter is missing. I don't know where that chapter is missing, but it feels like a chapter is missing. But Three Hopes is fine. I like Three Hopes. Great game. Um, and I, just, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like it just feels like there is something in the game that is missing. Oh, I understand. What you're narratively. Saying. Oh, I understand. But like it's a complete narrative. Like it tells a story from A to Z. But it I just needs a little, just a little extra. Yeah, like, little, it, little. it needs some. It needs some seasoning. It needs some. It needs some. A uh, little bit more. A little bit more sauce. Yeah, no, Three Hopes is fine. Like, if you enjoyed Hyrule Warriors, you would enjoy Three Hopes. Okay. And it's a Fire Emblem game, so. Okay, I will keep that in mind because, um, like I said, I Hyrule Warriors, because I was wondering, because I, I hadn't played a Dynasty Warriors game in a minute, and I bought nine, and I was like, oh, this is probably why I haven't been playing them. And then I played Hyrule Warriors, and I was like, oh, this other game is a problem. But then I never got around to Fire Emblem because... I spend all my money in groups of $10 on classic shooters, so I don't have the $60 aggregate to pay for in a, uh, a full-priced release um, of any not, kind. If I'm not mistaken, Dynasty Warriors 8 is on Game Pass. Like, eight Extreme, Le- eight, 8 Extreme Legends and 8 Empires are all on Game Pass. You specifically would like 8 Empires. All right. I actually have an app conveniently located. Um, I will actually set it to download right now from my conveniently located Xbox Game Pass app. Here I go. Let's take a look. But yes, please continue. No, that's it. That's a, that. That that's what I'm doing over here, and you know, avoiding the the crypto crash because it, it. I can't believe a currency based entirely on the concept of currency and not an actual thing that has value. Is crumbling and crashing around us. I am shocked. I am shocked that Web three, based entirely off of what is effectively handshake protocol 2.0, is crumbling around us because people are trying to capitalize on a handshake protocol. I. Okay, guys. What that seems that seems legit. Like I don't understand the I don't understand the problem. Like, blockchain has a very specific function, and they keep trying to make blockchain do everything except the function that it has. Hmm. Right? Blockchain is good for verifying that a thing exists. That's it. That is all blockchain is good for. Blockchain is good for verifying that, yes, this thing is the thing that it purports itself to be. That doesn't mean that you should use blockchain as a basis for your currency. That doesn't mean you should use blockchain as a cur- as a, a foundation for your DLC. <laughs> you know what? You know what blockchain is great at? Banking. It, it is great. It is great at 
verifying that the person conducting banking transactions are who they purport themselves to be. It's great for that. It is not great for the foundation of a cryptocurrency. Not so much. Not so much. But hey, they're going to keep trying, so good luck. What happens to, I mean, how, how do I put it? If this keeps happening, when will eventually people just kind of uh, lose faith in cryptocurrency? Or is it just going to be a, a drum that's going to be banged until they get it right, if they can get it right? I would have thought that the gag on cryptocurrency would have been up when Elon Musk got all those people to invest in Dogecoin, took their money, tanked the value of said cryptocurrency, Dogecoin, and then said, I'm no longer accepting this cryptocurrency. <laughs> He pulled the scam in front of you. And you were just like, oh, well, game is the game. That, that's when that's where the jig on crypto should have went up. That, that is the story of Dogecoin, like the TLDR version. Elon Musk said, here's my new cryptocurrency, Dogecoin. It's a meme coin. So all the tech bro Elon Musk lovers were like, oh, this is so cool. This is so awesome. They bought into it. They inflated the value. He shorted it, took all their money. The value of Dogecoin tanked, and then he said, I am no longer accepting Dogecoin as purchases for my products. <laughs> Funniest shit ever. <laughs> and the people he scammed still defend him. I'm like, he took your money and laughed at you while he did it. I mean, it's not the government. I assume that this is a product of general mistrust in a misinformation and mistrust is that we're willing to believe anything but what's in front of us as long as we can make up a story about it. It seems like it like it kind of goes hand in hand. So that's so why I'm asking if we will ever when we will keep banging this drum because it feels like people keep lying to themselves until it kind of lucks out. If it can, which is kind of the question, can this can can this be brute forced into an effective system, a monetary system? Uh, it can be, and it will be, and it will be by the federal government. Oh, that is the that is the end game for crypto. It will be brute forced by. Well, I shouldn't say the federal government because that implies America, but a a state government, whether it's America or some other country, will have a crypto variant of their own state currency. That is the end game for crypto. Oh. Especially because now that it is in the light and it is no longer a currency that people use to make deals on the dark web, people are going to want, hey, you're making these money transactions. Your government is going to want a piece of that eventually. Hmm. All right. Like that's that that's the that is the end game for crypto. And like then, there will be a crypto variant of the U.S. dollar. It's basically just the dollar, just in crypto form. Oh, and then it will, and then um, crypto people will. Uh, some folks will eventually grow to distrust that, and we will start over with another currency. And we will begin another cycle, and then yeah. the re and the reapers will come and destroy human life. Well, because like the the appeal of crypto comes from a lack of faith in institutions. We do not trust the we do not trust governments. Government doesn't know what to do with your money. So I have this crypto that they can't touch. The government can't touch my money. Um, a a ask all these people getting caught up. Ask your boy that um that we covered before. I think it was um the boy that's fleeing China and America. Oh, oh yeah. If oh, my they God. want you, they will find you. You they cannot hide. Fight. 
They finna find him. Oh my god, you he pissed off everybody. Well, I think even in his scams, he says, I plan to get caught. So I have to have an escape route. And I'm like, that's actually it's not a bad plan. Honestly, the one person who was prepared to get caught. Yes. And they're still not white. Sorry, I'm still watching and paying attention to the January 6th trials. Okay. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> These motherfuckers took notes on a criminal conspiracy and they're being, sh- and th- all of them, because there's one Twitter account I follow. This guy, he's, I guess he's the, the, the reporter Ryan. for this. Ryan, yes. I love and they're him. all. Sh- they're all shocked when their own words get read back to them on the stand or the video that they took while they were fermenting insurrection gets shown to them. And they're like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> if, we had a better, if we had a better class of criminal, this country would have folded upon itself. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite part about it is like, this is it's been several weeks since this one but the one whose own lawyer was like i'm sorry my client's an idiot yes yes (laughs) he's like the defense i have for this is my client is a complete and total idiot like that was the actual defense yes i'm like what was what was what was it this last one Uh, This last one that I was looking at was particularly graphic, but like, dude was just like, I wasn't doing anything. Like, they all have the exact same lines. This nigga brought a taser, taught somebody how to use the taser. That person then took the taser and attacked a cop with it in the back of the neck. And I think that cop died. Or was super injured, but like it was, it was like not like like it was it was lethal tasing amount. And they're trying to be like, I I, I wasn't nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna believe me or your lying eyes? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's funny that you you suffer from secondhand embarrassment. But you keep track of those trials, which is just like secondhand embarrassment, I, nuclear detonations. <laughs> um, because it's it's fantasy levels of shock. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the secondhand embarrassment of like I'm going to say something extremely problematic and think I'm being cool. Level. It was like like, and a lot of these shows, you're like. Here's I'm gonna say something wild or do something wildly embarrassing, and you know that thing is wildly embarrassing. But this is like these are people who have no semblance of any accountability and are still trying to lie to the feds on the stand, and like the sense of amazement and confusion overwrites the secondhand embarrassment. That makes sense. You need to be grounded in reality at all for secondhand embarrassment. This is high fantasy. Yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, no, it's complete high fantasy. People doing a ridiculous thing and then on camera writing it down with evidence and then having it, like Justin said, pointed directly back at them and read to them and shown to them. And they just don't know what they they literally have to react in real time. You're right. I see what you're saying. So Yeah, it's like, it's it's legit like, here's the kid. The kid is eating cookies. All of the cookies. There's cookie crumbs all over their face. They've got chocolate smeared on their face. They are holding, they are still holding cookies in their hands. There are crumbs everywhere. And you walk in and you're like, why did you eat all the cookies? And they're like, I'm not eating cookies. Yeah. Um, I always tell her. But coming from adults who know better. Uh, I always tell Erica that I think men and white folks in America generally make stuff up under the weight of the agreement of other of men and other white folks were applicable. So they'll just say whatever. And if enough white people and or men nod along with you, then it is now a thing. And I think that they—that is how chunks of America get along—is by saying whatever and then having a room not along with them. And when the room is large enough, then you don't ever have to worry about it ever. If the city is large enough, the town is large enough, the function is large enough, the institution is large enough, then you never have to worry about a fact ever again. And man, when those institutions—watching those institutions be stripped away in real time on the stand on camera. Okay, here's here's a great example. Here's a I just like so I pulled up Ryan J. Riley. If you okay, if you want to follow any of this, Ryan J. Riley on Twitter, uh, he is a reporter. I have been following him since he was covering Ferguson stuff, because he was like one of three journals journos who were out there who weren't hot garbage. Um uh he he's covering he's covering all of these and so like this latest one so we have this man robert robert packer wore a camp auschwitz staff sweatshirt on january 6 he told the fbi that he was wearing it because he was cold his sister was telling the judge that you shouldn't you shouldn't judge a book by its cover right Want to know what he was wearing underneath the sweatshirt? What was he wearing underneath the sweatshirt? An SS shirt. Ah, but he was extra cold. I get it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Northeast is very chilly bacon, and it's important that you wear layers, and um, it's um, it, it can cause major health issues if you get too chilly too fast. Like, to like all of the people there were... You know, you know, like we're, we're a very heavy social media, like everything, right? So, you know, we when there's large events or etc., people go, they take pictures, they post all those pictures on social media or whatever version of social media they're they're using. A lot of them use Telegram. Like Telegram is more secure, and the feds don't totally can't get access out of Telegram. <laughs> Like, no, or like, we totally can't get pictures. We can't get images. Telegram is so secure that the FBI can't get images off of it. Yes, they can. 
Yes. The, if the, you have a phone with information on it, the FBI can get that information. If you're po- they're posting it on Facebook, on Twitter, on their Discords. Guess who the FBI? The FBI can go directly to the company and be like, "Give me the shit," and they'd be like, "You right? The uh, <laughs> here, take the shit." <laughs> the um, the having everyone that looks like you sit in a room and nod to everything you say system has hard limits and flaws um one of them being that you don't know how anything actually works like aside from being on the stand and pikachu facing just being you, pikachu facing being presented your own actions in real time you also just don't know how anything works like how just basic law enforcement works um how communications work um because um, again, someone might have said something to you and you being the white person and or man that um, nods in agreement, um, just nodded in agreement and um, no one learned anything. So someone said a telegram cannot be tracked by the U.S. government because it's a paper message. So get the paper and destroy it. And they all said, yes, oi, oi, oi. They all nodded in agreement. And that was their decision. To have some secure communications. Do, do you know what my? Do you know what the funniest part about this is to me right now? What? Because like Bannon's been taken, uh, Bannon's officially been arrested. Um, like there was the raid, uh, not the, the not really actually a raid, but they just went with a warrant to Margo Lago. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like that's not a raid um but okay um you have all of these people who are yelling at the feds and the fbi like all of these like racist people and they're calling them like liberals and like all sorts of you know whatever they call anybody they think is not alt-right or republican or like the both I, I hate to break it to you all. <laughs> to to the point where um what's that asshole's name who is the who is uh No, um which asshole? Uh uh head of the GP right now. The GOP. Mitch McConnell? Yeah, sorry. Was like please stop. they're like don't call them that i'm gonna need you i mean you you y'all need to uh stop calling them that it was it was very clearly a um um you're y'all are like digging your own grave right now sort of thing because like most of the people in the feds and the FBI are uh, very conservative. (laughs) (laughs) And y'all are yelling at them for doing their literal jobs. Yeah. (laughs) And you have like the, you have the GOP politicians being like, wait, no, do not stop. Please desist. Don't do, do, don't do that. While you have other GOP politicians also leaning in on the, they're working for Biden. (laughs) They're following Biden's agenda. Because the function of the cops is to keep the niggers in check. (laughs) 
That's their function to these people. You're just here to keep those niggers in check. Now that they have gone outside of that boundary, now it's a problem. I just love that you have some of the GOP folks being like, no, please stop. Please stop doing that. Stop yelling at them. (laughs) Endlessly funny to me, Justin. Yeah. Um, Completely unrelated and more on a positive note for uh for the queers and has nothing to do with uh politics unless you're talking about a social group masterfully masterful segue i love to see it uh guilty gear strive developer um and the game director once again we're like Nah, bitches. Uh, Bridget is trans. She is trans. She is a girl. She is a girl. They came out. We're like, they they're like, if you follow like the arcade story, etc. She is a girl. Here's like her backstory and the backstory that led to her decision and her being free. She is a girl, and we are here saying she is a girl. And I'm out here saying Bridget is best girl. And I am also another game I need to spend money on, but and just also don't have time. But I'm super happy that these Japanese developers were like, no, our problematic character that we uh, did some questionable writing with is a girl, and we're sticking with this. Yeah, like the the... For it. Again, I do not play Guilty Gear. Everything I know about Guilty Gear, like most fighting games, I have absorbed through pop culture osmosis. I knew who Bridget was because for the longest time, Bridget was the poster child for one of the more unfortunate queer tropes in existence. Mm-hmm. And I am glad that they have said, no, she's trans. Like, she's a girl. She is best girl. Yeah, no, I'm very glad that they, because like a lot of anime stuff has a lot of cross-dressing tropes. It's wildly problematic. Most of it's very anti-trans, but there's this trend lately that's been making it less insulting and more like, no, this is, this is just fine. This is just a way that some people live and some people are also trans. Like, separating, there are some people who just enjoy wearing clothes of whatever gender and also, uh, like, there's a lot of gender non-conforming literature that is, like, like the trope itself is problematic, but they're subverting that problematic trope to make it actually gender non-conforming friendly. And then you have ones where it's actually, like, no, this person's just trans, and it's cool. It's fine. We, like, support it. So there's been, like, this really neat push that's been happening that way. It's very more queer positive and, like, a lot of, like, uh, uh, like Japanese media and I've been like super excited about it. And this is just really one of the other one of them. And I'm just very happy that they're like, no, Bridget's a girl. She's a girl. Look at her living her best life. Also her theme song is super fucking queer and I love it. And it's full of feels. Everybody should listen to it. It's so good. Um, and another uh, queer win is a story of seasons who actually they used to make, they're the original creators of the Harvest Moon series. Uh, um, 
the the studios marvelous they're like the original creators of the harvest moon series they're remaking um they're remaking one of the older games and so their story of seasons a wonderful life and the most important part is that now you can choose your gender identity in this game like you could before but you're you have the option to be male female or non-binary the japanese version it says like other but like in the english localized version it's non-binary and it's very clear it's also on the develop it's on their official website that it is specifically as non-binary protagonist and they had already started making it so that you could be married with anybody of any gender and that is still going to be continuing from now on huh so queer wins if you want to to book in this we can book in this queer wins in one piece <laughs> I, you you wanted bookends <laughs> so here we go let's go let's let's bookend uh, this last arc, in- Oda introduced two trans characters, and they are two of the most beloved in the franchise for the arcs that they just had. And you can tell that he has really learned from when he first introduced trans characters into his story. He leaned into a lot of problematic tropes for gags, and you can tell since they that those characters first appeared he said you know what that was wildly offensive i'm not going to do that anymore and so now we have kiku we have yamato uh kiku is a trans woman yamato is for all intents and purposes non-binary they're female presenting non-binary um yeah and they're the their transness is not a gag as he would have done 10 years ago. Okay. So. I love the growth. Yeah. I well, love I love the growth. Even so the, the first trans character he introduced with the name, even cough, their ability, their devil fruit is hormones and they are literally gender fluid. Sometimes they're male, sometimes they're female, sometimes they're neither. It's whatever they feel like in that literal panel. And they represent freedom. They do not want to be bound by society's laws that say, I have to be one thing. I can be all things. I have to be X. No, I can be X, Y, Z. I can be whatever. That is how I interpret and manifest my own freedom. On paper, that is brilliant narrative writing. In practice, who, buddy, there were a whole bunch of transphobic tropes wrapped up in, not in even cough specifically, but in even cough's followers, the queer, they effectively call themselves the queer kingdom, which is, again, a bunch of people that felt outcast from society. So they all latched on the even cough who told them to embrace their true selves. And they're all trans women. And they embraced a lot of early 2000s cross-dressing transphobic tropes. But again, on paper, you can see, oh, this is great. Then you read it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. (laughs) This is, this is like, this is really, really bad. But there's growth and we don't do that anymore. And I'm happy to see it. Justin, you would, uh, 
be very happy to know that during this recording, I have crafted almost everything in the FC chest, except for I haven't finished the cloth because there's too much. I actually thought about doing that. I thought about during this recording to just craft all the food. I didn't craft the food part, but I crafted all of the mats. I've also put some of them up on the market board. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, the weapon... Uh, a Well, it was also a machinist weapon, and machinists, they, they, they get no love from the community these days. I don't even but, get it why. Like, it's so... It doesn't make any sense, but all right. It... You, you you explained it better in the in our FC Discord. A vocal minority of high end raiders are like, "This has no utility." And it's like, I mean, okay. It I like shooting the gun. <laughs> like I like the gun. <laughs> also, the gun it, makes me feel good. Also, it does have utility. It's just not. They're just not thinking critically about it. Yeah. Well critical thinking amongst that group amongst gamers yes <laughs> just gamers yes i believe that was the show my friends that was the yeah. show and google's kicking us out so we're on good time oh no google's fine um okay. i was going to ask because you guys had mentioned that a raid was adjusted oh yeah <laughs> yo okay okay was waiting i was waiting for one of the segwiteers uh, i made that word up the segway person i had, i had honestly forgotten about it until yeah, you brought it up yeah, so that's the, uh, the short version each raid tier has four bosses and the last boss is called a door boss because the door boss has two phases phase one and then phase two where you get a nice brand new form that isn't seen in normal mode and the last boss is typically the hardest boss and a lot of folks are having trouble clearing this last boss, which led Actually, to a lot of... It, the, the, so it, people were consistently missing the enrage check on the door boss by 1%. And then the DPS check on the second phase is also super tight. Which means, which is what led to the discourse around Machinist. The discourse TM around Machinist. The 14 team put out a patch, and in those patch notes, Yoshi P said... Hey, our playtesters didn't have a hard time clearing this, but since y'all did, and y'all aren't as good as our playtesters, we 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 just reduced the. Uh... That's not quite what they said. Um, That's what they meant. They, what they said is they're because they had additional time playtesting. Uh, the team got way better at it than they were supposed to. And normally do. And uh, there wasn't, they didn't balance the actual fight well enough because the team got too good. <laughs> that is wild. Testing team too strong. Test team too strong. Test team, test team too strong. Hey, wh so we're reduced. sorry that y'all weren't in the gym when we were in the gym. <laughs> we was putting up sets. Y'all was on the island sanctuary. So we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. We'll make it easier for you. How long, so they, how long did it take for them to pump the brakes on that? Like to for them to patch the raid? How long did it take? How long is the raid? Not even two weeks. Not even two weeks. 
Goddamn. Yes. This is so this is week three. The patch was on Monday and Tuesday was the start of week three. Um uh what was happening was is that if you didn't have a met like a week one meta comp, and again, this only really matters on week one, like week one to two. Um, because th- there's no gear. There's there's no gear. So you're just you're just going in with bare bones. Um so unless you were in an optimal comp, uh, like folks were just not clearing. Um, and now the thing is, suboptimal comps did actually clear the fight, but there were a lot of people who were, uh, reg- even regardless of their comp, they were consistently not getting past enrage. At like they were like dying on enrage at one percent. It was like a consistent one percent across multiples. Statics were breaking apart. Like people were tilted as fuck. Like it was pretty. Like people were losing their everlast like everlasting shit because um, just not able to get past the door boss. Um, I know PF parties were ma- had made it past uh, door boss and PS PF is anything but optimal. <laughs> um, so what they had done was is they reduced the boss's health by one percent for the door boss and for the the second phase boss. So people are mad. So some folks are mad that they made it. They pumped. They uh, lowered his health a little bit. Yes, right. they're, the, they're, the same people who were angry that they couldn't, that it was too hard are complaining that they uh, reduced the boss's health. Yes, because now, because their entire personality has been built around, I'm a week one clear. I cleared this tier. It's well, but if everyone can clear it, what does that mean about me? Well, and it's like also people who didn't clear. Yeah. The people who didn't clear week one who were really angry about like, the difficulty of clearing uh, week one and not being able to were also like extremely mad about the change. And I'm, I genuinely don't understand. No, they just hate it. Like it, it, it's just hate. They're just hating. They're just being haters. It's very weird. I'm just like, I, I'm, I, I, I do sometimes really get to the point where I'm like, maybe you should go outside. Yep. Um, game developers except the escape from tarkov guys will do everything in their power to make a game functional within um, a certain uh, pair a certain bracket so they obviously crunched the data and thought it was best to um lower the boss's health if you don't understand that every game you play the developers except for escape from tarkov the developers are actively trying to get you all to play it if they find you can't, they will try to adjust it and allow. And this is just a general gaming rule now. Um, I don't think we've accepted that as gamers, or maybe we have we've forgotten it. That's too much time has passed. Am I too old of a gamer? Do I remember when games used to come out, be forty-five minutes long, stretched out across eight hours with no patches and no game saves? Like, I remember when developers didn't care and then on top of that couldn't change anything anyway so now i understand that all developers do care deeply like a concerned uncle or aunt or anything 
about us getting through their content. I thought that was understood, but apparently it's not. So I don't know. Yeah, it's been um, it's been funny watching people yell and cry. Yeah, um, I say that like as I'm progging, like <laughs> like I, it's a it is funny to watch people yell and cry. Yes, um, just uh, that's I think that's the moral of the show is um, the developers want you to beat the game. They want you to beat the game. Keep they it, want you to get the win. Keep that in mind. And if you want something that doesn't care about you, you can always play an older game. There are numerous games that don't care about your feelings, your existence, health, income, or anything. If you want to be um if you want to um be stepped on by the sharpest of stilettos, you can find that experience, but please watch where you are looking at for looking for it from the trees you bark up. My God, we got people yelling at Final Fantasy developers. There's a whole Destiny story I'll talk about next episode. Where just where there is just like the developers want you to succeed. If you want to challenge yourself, you have to go looking for the challenge. The thing you're currently doing, if you bought a game that came out in the last eight, nine, ten years, they want to help you out. Is there anything anybody would like to add before we wrap it up so everyone can play Final Fantasy? Haley Bailey is going to win an EGOT. Oh, yeah. We need to go see um, Little Mermaid as a community. We also like, need to see... Um, can somebody just buy an extra ticket and say that I go, but I uh, didn't? Yeah, that's what we meant. Yeah. It, we're, we're, all, we're, all, we're all diseased here in this country. We're not all going to pack into a movie theater anymore. But we will buy... Absolutely not. Right. But we will buy tickets. And then we'll watch it on Disney+. Plus. Just to be clear... We we're not we're not going to we're not doing the Black Panther thing physically again, but we will support the Little Mermaid because um, there's a lot of hand wringing about the um, skin color of a mermaid. Oh, that that too, yeah. Um, that little teaser first thing in part of your world. That girl is special. Yes, she is special. That. Yes. Yeah. Like she, she, she was a shockingly good casting for Ariel. Shockingly good. I've got a. I know someone that does a. It's part of the the effects crew that's cleaning that up. And when they got to that, like collectively, the crew cried because they're like, "Yo, she. This is this is scary good." Yep. Like her and her sister are just incredible. I can't wait for all of their continued success. I have one complaint about the Little Mermaid. What? Lizzo is right there for Ursula. Lizzo would have been perfect as Ursula. Can you imagine Lizzo singing Poor Unfortunate Souls? Um, I'm not going to lie. I want. I still wanted Billy Porter. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I yeah. could because, I could see because, it. I could see Ursula, it. Ursula is literally based off of a drag queen. Ah. Billy Porter also sneaky good voice. Yeah, like, Billy Porter has a great voice, and like Ursula is literally designed after a drag queen. Like, yeah, I, that's I, I can. Yeah, I can see. I can see Billy Porter as Ursula. That that also would have been a sneaky good casting. Like when they were t- when we were talking when they were talking about like this movie coming out and uh, casting for Ursula, that was like the popular. Like, please get Billy Porter for this. That's real sound. 
I don't know who Ursula is, but it's not Billy Porter, so I'm I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I care, but I don't. It's uh, it's not Megan McCarthy. Who is it? Are you guys gonna looking it up now? Yeah. Oh, it is Melissa it is, McCarthy. It is Excuse Melissa me. McCarthy. Yes, it is actually Melissa McCarthy. Well then, that was a choice. I don't understand that choice, but I mean, there are only so many. There are only so many um, Negroes you can have doing stuff. There's two, there, there's two in this movie. Yeah, I said what I said. Oh no, we have a record of two. It's not possible. We said right. We said two. It's just it's not a movie about Negroes. Like so, it's not like in Wakanda. So, hold on. Wasn't Billy Porter also in Chicago? What yes. am I thinking of that he was in? That uh, they were in Greece. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, there we go. I'm like, I know they've been in like some classic. Some old school classic Broadway. It was Grace. That's what I was thinking of. There we go. Sorry, that was going to bother me for the rest of the night. Well, we are valid. Uh, all right, so we're going to see. They're going to. We're going to see the Little Mermaid, and we're going to talk about it as a community. Um, I want to also see the Woman King. Also, I see that. Oh, yeah. I actually, I really do want to see The Woman King. That looks so good. Right. Um, so there's a lot of black-ass movies we have to be going to see or buy tickets for, depending on how full the theater is going to be. One of the benefits of um, living um, amongst so many white people um, is certain movies you can see real late and no one will be in the theater because there's too many Negroes in it fair they can't relate so i know if i catch the 10 p.m showing of the woman king it will just be me and like eight niggas in the theater and it'll be great but i believe we've reached our program we've done it we did the show it was a long show to make up for the last show which was a short show that's right timed it better Got all the content out, extra content. Had a little talk about January 6th trials, a little cryptocurrency talk. We all have our assignment buy black ass tickets to black ass movies. You have a moral of the story. Game developers want you to beat their game. Stop yelling at them. That's how they make their money. You beating their game? So I think we have a comprehensive episode of ADD Space. So, so I'd like to thank you all for listening and uh, have a pleasant day. Watch the WNBA finals. <laughs>